I like our gospel passage today. I, if you can imagine it, it's a kind of a, a funny thing that you can see in your mind's eye. You have these fishermen who are well experienced in the craft of fishing. They know from experience, they've probably been doing it their whole life, they know from experience, just as much as the sun rises and sunsets, they know today is not a good day for catching fish. And from what I understand in Lake, uh, the, the Sea of Galilee and Lake Gennesaret, there's a section, and it's still there to this day, um, ge- geologically it hasn't changed, uh, there's these springs that come out and they, they kick out water that is warmer uh, than the rest and the fish will gravitate towards that area and that's where the, the fishermen would hang out. So we know the exact place really that Peter and his buddies would have been fishing. And they oftentimes would fish in the night. Now I'm not exactly sure why they do that. And if there's a fisherman here, I don't know, you know, you might know. I'm not sure, but I know that that's what they did. And uh, so morning comes and the whole night long they were fishing and they never caught anything. And so if they're not going to catch anything in the, in the night, they're not going to catch anything in the day. They know that for sure. And so Jesus, he chooses a particular boat. Notice the boat that he chooses, though. You see, there's more than one boat. He could have gotten any other, in any of the boats. What boat did he get into? He got into Peter's boat. Okay, and so that's a kind of a prophetic sign Jesus is saying to us, make sure you're in the boat that belongs to Peter because that's where I am. Okay. And today we celebrate Pope Saint uh, Gregory the Great, and we understand that the papal office is a continuation of Peter's ministry. So, if you want to be in the boat where Jesus is, you get in in the boat where Peter's ministry is. Okay. So it's a kind of a prophetic foreshadowing of the papal office and that um, special uh, vocation that the papal office has to bring Jesus and his word and the gospel and what he taught and situate it and give it a, a, a place or a space for it to then go out into the, into all the world. But in any event, so so Jesus sits down in the boat and he, he gives his teaching and he wants to work a miracle. You know, you don't you don't you almost think, is he trying to make make it so that Peter makes a lot of money? It's like no, no, it's not <laughs> it's not about money. He wants to, because right after, he's going to say, Peter, leave your job and follow me. He wants to make his prophetic sign. So he has all these fish that they catch. And there's so many of them that the boats are, are threatening to sink even. Uh, and, you know, that that's kind of a reflection of the church. We have so many people in the church. It's, if you think about it, it's crazy. We've got uh, 1.2 billion members of the Catholic Church. How in the world do we stay afloat? How, how can any human, merely human organization actually stay together with that many people? Okay, both sinners and saints all together trying to be unified. It's an absolute miracle that we stay afloat. It's only, uh, because Jesus is overseeing this whole process, uh, no doubt. You know, so the fact that it seems like uh, we're always on the verge of getting sunk you know, with this scandal and that scandal and this financial problem and this problem and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. I, it's no surprise, okay, we're overloaded with fish, you know, and fish kind of stink sometimes too, you know. So um, it's only to be expected, but we have that reassurance that Jesus is going to hold us, hold us up. 
And so they bring it to the shore, and, and Peter is, is amazed, and Jesus talks about his vocation. He says, you're going to go, and you're going to be a fisher of men. And if you think about what the fisher of men does, is he reaches down into the deep uh, of the, the lake, or the ocean, or whatever he's fishing in, and it's all dark down there, and he brings that fish up into the light. Okay, so that's what that apostolic office and the priestly office more broadly conceived is all about. It's about enlightenment. It's taking men and women and raising them up so that they get closer to heaven and so that the light of heaven can illuminate them. Okay, so they're no longer just moving around in, in the darkness of the, of the world. Uh, but the world is a dark place. The world is a dark place. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. And recently I've been listening to an audiobook, and the author of this audiobook is doing this big review of all these big-time psychoanalysts from the early 20th century, like Sigmund Freud. And one of Sigmund Freud's disciples was a man by the name of Otto Rank. And unlike Freud, who was an atheist, Otto Rank uh, was not necessarily a Christian, but what he did do is he saw how essential religion was to uh, mental health. Okay, and he thought that uh, the neurosis of modernity was there precisely because modernity had let go of religion. And his thesis, his psychological thesis, is very interesting to me. What he says, or what he thinks, is that essentially the universe is absolutely so mysterious that we alone cannot bear it. And that we by, uh, sometimes when we're little children, we have that sense of wonder and awe. We're kind of open to the universe. But by absolute necessity, we have to limit the valve, the, the mental and the psychological valve that we have that takes in the universe because it would overwhelm us. We can't, it's too much for us. And so here we are, we can, especially as we get older, like we can focus on something as mundane and limited and partial as my email account. i got to go to my email account. I'm going to spend the next four hours of this day checking my stupid emails and making sure I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you know. And this is what we can do, and it's, it's a survival mechanism, because if we were constantly open to the mystery of the universe, we f- would feel like that fish, like we're completely immersed in this total darkness and we're overwhelmed. And the person who's suffering from a neurosis or psychosis, essentially what they do is they don't have that valve. And so they're constantly open to this the mysterious tremendum, this, this tremendous mystery that is reality, and they're overwhelmed by it. They can't handle it because, because none of us can handle it. None of us can handle it. And uh, they don't know how to like basically block out reality, so they're overwhelmed and they just lose it. They have this deep sense of how they are absolutely nothing, they're like a little worm, and they're being overwhelmed by reality. Okay? And the the what Otto Rank says is the beauty of religion is that it basically says you don't have to bear the full weight of reality. God does that for you. Okay? God does that for you. And so, if you're dependent upon him, everything's going to be okay. It's, in a, psychologically, religion is, uh, is a way for us to deal with the immense mystery, the overwhelming darkness that is reality. And uh, this, is, this is what I see, and a, and a little bit what's going on here with St. Peter, is he's taking these people who otherwise would go 
completely bonkers because they're completely immersed in darkness and he's lifting them up, okay, into the light. And there's a certain sense of dependency that we need to have upon Peter, upon the Petrine office, upon the church, because they are the custodians and the guardians of mysteries. Mystery lies at the heart of the human experience, and then it also lies at the heart of religion. There's so many mysteries. Uh, the mystery of the Trinity, first and foremost. The mystery of grace. Uh, the mystery of... There's, so, there's very, very many mysteries in our holy religion. And uh, when we see ourselves as as dependent and not as these isolated independent beings who are going to be crushed by reality, that's how we can deal with this great mystery as we see ourselves as dependent. This is what St. Paul is saying in our first reading when he says, when he says, if anybody thinks that they're wise in this world, let them become as a fool, okay, so that they might become wise. And I think another way of kind of parsing that is to say, if anybody thinks that they're this, you know, big adult and that they can handle the universe, no, you're not going to be able to. You're going to be crushed by it. So you need to become as a child and to become dependent upon God and really dependent upon Christ and dependent upon the church. And in that place of dependency, you can handle this tremendous mystery we call life, this tremendous mysteries that are taught uh, and revealed to us by Christ. So what a wonderful ministry the Petrine ministry is. It enables us to basically exist and survive, okay, and to have our feet on the ground and yet at the same time have our have the ability to touch the light of heaven. What a, what a wonderful thing it is to be a Christian. What a wonderful thing it is that God has given to us that gift of the, of the Petrine ministry. We'd be overwhelmed. The church would be overwhelmed. You know, I'm thinking again of the boat sinking, sinking, sinking. That would be us if it wasn't for the Petrine ministry, if it wasn't for the church, if it wasn't for God who supports uh, that ministry in the church.